0: Welcome to the Broken Arrow, a traditional bowhunting podcast brought to you by Addictive Archery, with your hosts Schaefer Magnet and Chris Seacole.
1: Good evening, Chris. How are you, hey, man? Schaefer? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Not Have bad. you two met? Never. I uh, I don't think. Right, we we've probably crossed paths and didn't know it at Etar. I'm sure on For, multiple occasions. But.
0: Probably. Are you usually working the Compton booth?
1: No, I I never have. Okay. Um, but just like growing up and stuff, I'd go there all the time. And I think the last time I was there was probably 2019, maybe though. So
2: I would have been at so that. Chris one. Chris was a traditional person at that time. This is true. He's a late bloomer, Malachi. (laughs) I saw the the light a lot later in life, but
1: whatever. (laughs) Well, Schaefer and I are probably unicorns out there for basically being born into it, I guess. Exactly.
2: We didn't have a choice.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's a rough one to live with, I must say, but
1: it's (laughs) terrible.
0: (laughs) So I'm assuming your parents were involved, probably your father or something?
1: Yeah. um, It's... I was actually just reading this because my dad was drafting up a little um, thing to uh, run for the Compton board this coming election cycle. And, uh, yeah, he, he got into it in the late 90s. I th- Well, to back up, he, he had always grown up hunting and stuff. His cousins hunted. Um, they introduced him to archery. And so he, he had an old recurve and so that's what he started on that's what he always did but in the 90s a co-worker took him to the cloverdale traditional nationals over in indiana and uh so that kind of started the 3d shoot sort of thing uh for us as a family and we'd all go so uh i have an older sister and then my mom would also shoot as well so we, we would kind of make it a family thing yeah go we'd either go to etar or the Compton rendezvous or, or Cloverdale pretty much most every summer. But yeah, awesome. where, where do you it, live? Where are you from? I'm from uh, north central Ohio. So about halfway in between Cleveland and Columbus. OK, OK. And then uh, my wife and our uh, year and a half old daughter, we live now in, in southwestern Oregon. So,
0: OK, yeah, I thought you were out west somewhere. I thought you were in Montana for some reason, but
1: yeah. Yeah, oh.
0: so. Well, that's awesome. You're still making it back east for Etar every year or trying to.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I said, 20 19s. February 2020 was when we moved out here to Oregon and I have, I've not been to Etar since. Okay. Uh did make it back for the Compton Rendezvous this past summer, but yep. um yeah, so it's been a I've missed Etar ever since it moved away from Denton Hill, so. Uh, okay. You're, it, yeah. It's it's good, but it's it's different.
0: Yeah. yeah, we do have this conversation quite a bit. It is, uh, <laughs> I don't know, people either love it or hate it, or, or, or they're, it, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. I,
2: I think the best yeah. way I can describe it, it's officially ETAR, no longer described as Denton Hill. And that's depressing for those who have gone to it for a
1: long time. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be, it would definitely be different for me. I mean, I heard the setup as far as the grounds and uh, camping availability and stuff is is much nicer. But yeah, there's, there's... Something about uh, riding the ski lift up and, and stuff at Denton Hill specifically, you know.
2: There's That's nothing true. like being, you know, eight years old and the chairlift stalling out at the highest point and totally <laughs> totally keeping your cool as that eight-year-old and not crying at all.
1: Yeah, or dropping your arm guard off the lift as you go up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody – oh, sorry, go ahead, man.
2: Oh, uh, I just – I have a vague remem- uh, memory of uh, – Getting close to where you know you jumped off, and I think we were going to shoot the eastern course, which is the one that like you kind of hooked around and walked underneath the chairlift. And actually, the little longbow I have, the quiver made up for my daughter now. My sister yeah. and I both had those, and I just I feel like I remember my dad just chucking them off in the general flight path of where we were going to walk because it just seemed like a better idea than uh, him and two little kids trying to get off the chairlift at the same time. Because it was quick; they had <laughs> that great. sucker moving. So.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there's there's no snow to slide off on down. <laughs> you you got to get the legs moving. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Looks like the road runner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea by your dad. Yeah.
0: Some, something came up today. I forget what it was, but it, it like somebody brought up Denton Hill, and I was thinking about it the, the last time I was there, and that was a fun place. That was a no better night sky.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I would uh I would describe the new place. I mean, other than the mountainous aspect, Malachi, it's more like Compton in the aspect that your vendors are kind of like on the two thirds line and then the courses are primarily, you know, the last third. Yeah. And then all the camping is, you know, on the other side. The difference gotcha. is at Etar now, it is a significantly longer walk. Than Compton is, if depending on when <laughs> you get there, because yeah, there is lots of people. I
0: can, yeah, yeah, get there For early. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I I guess uh, I I don't know if it's ai don't wouldn't say it's probably the first time I heard about you, but Andy texted us recently with a picture of your blacktail. Uh, maybe <laughs> about like recently, a couple weeks ago, I guess, and the two of us were absolutely blown away. That thing was. Just a, a, a beauty. that that's... I was
2: lucky enough to get a personal text message from Malachi. Oh, uh, were you? Would like, I, I would like to say that.
0: Oh, nice, <laughs> nice.
2: I've met Malachi a few times at Compton. I want to say Etar 2019, probably. And then, actually, this yeah. year, Etar I ran into your parents at the top of the mountain course. Which oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were shooting yeah. with uh, Tim Matthews. and. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember you mentioning that now. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes I gotta text you and try to figure out what's going on with my Jeep, so uh.
2: <laughs> I, I have done some tech support via text message. So, uh.
0: I, I wanna I wanna hit you up with um so y- you recently moved, I guess within the last two to two to two and a half years to Oregon. Had had you uh, hunted out west prior to moving out there?
1: So we made one trip in twenty nineteen um, got, I got married. So I graduated college spring of 18, got married, um, that fall. And that was, yeah, that was my first fall in forever. So I, I played football, you know, all through school. And then I, I played in college. And so that was the first fall I really had any flexibility to, you know, get away for a hunt really. Right, And so, um, well, yeah, not the fall I was married, but 2019, the fall after we were married. And, uh, so we went out to Colorado, <clears throat> um, original intent was actually to go hunt mule deer, but we didn't draw. So, uh, we just pivoted to, to elk. <laughs> and, uh, my dad had terrible, my dad. Yeah, exactly. My dad had, uh, done a couple Idaho hunts with buddies. Uh, from Is this the one with the, the, video you have out yeah yeah yep that's on youtube yeah from the 2019 hunt so yeah we just uh i don't know he he gave me basically full control of kind of figuring out where we should go and stuff and uh no pressure out there yeah it was it was a super memorable hunt um yeah no tags filled or anything but yeah um got up into some really good country honestly not that far from the trailhead Oh, we
0: lost you. Uh, ended Oop. up. H- hang on.
2: You're breaking in and out okay. just a little bit, if you can hear us. I can hear you,
0: yeah. Oh, there All you right. are. You're back, but your video's frozen.
2: Try okay, turning whoa. your video off and on real quick. Yeah. At least it's not an embarrassing still on this side. That bites you in the <laughs> butt occasionally.
0: What's <laughs> happened to Schaefer?
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can hear me now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so 2019 September, we went kind of piggybacked on the Labor Day weekend, like I'm sure a lot of people do, and to get extra days out of it. And oh, cool. uh, we were down in southwest Colorado and definitely got into some elk, ended up running into a yeah, pretty big heard about 30 head and basically it felt like we had them all to ourselves up in this basin at, at about 11,000 feet awesome. and, uh, had a close encounter at the end of that. And that's all kind of in that, in that video on YouTube. But
2: I was about um, to say off of that video. It looked like the terrain was really easy walking and, uh, it was <laughs>
1: <laughs> walking the park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my dad, well, he's now 60 and, uh, So I, he wasn't so sure if I wasn't trying to collect on any (laughs) any, inheritance money (laughs) that there might be. (laughs) Oh my goodness, there
2: was a few times where you two were laying on the side of the cliff in that video and you're just like, wow, I wouldn't want to start
1: rolling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those where you could just lean over and and kiss the side of the hill almost. (laughs) Those are the best. That is awesome it was nasty, steep country for sure. Um, kind of, kind of botched it up a little bit. And the fact that our route up in there, uh, we went straight up through the, what essentially ended up being their bedroom. So we bumped them out of there for like a day and a half, just getting in and, uh, set up camp up high and, and, but you know, it was good in the sense that we ran into all this sign and we're like, well, there are definitely elk in here, and so it, t- it took them a couple of days to return back in. But when they did, yeah, it was it was majestic watching them uh, come up over that pass and into this big old yeah open park up at about yeah twelve thousand eleven thousand feet and yeah freaking sweet super awesome yeah I mean. Everybody will tell you, uh, you know, how much hunting pressure there is in Colorado and everything, and I'm sure, yeah, that that's certainly the case in a lot of areas. We saw plenty of rigs parked where we were, but I guess we just were a little stupider than everybody <laughs> else <laughs> and, and climbed up into a spot where nobody wanted to go. But uh, now, if if we'd have filled a tag, we. <laughs> I might not be here talking to you today cuz it probably was going to be a rough rough pack out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we about killed ourselves getting down out of there and and we we're both hurting. I've got bad ankles. I I was like, man, I don't even know if I can ever hunt this type of terrain again. Well, now my my feet are more used to it and stuff, but it was it was pretty serious, but it was a great time. How how was
0: the transition between hunting ohio and i mean how'd you do adapting to oregon
2: now that you're there
1: yeah it's been tough um
2: i'm assuming it's slightly less flat yeah there's (laughs) there's definitely that (laughs)
1: There's, there's definitely that um i would say the biggest thing is i grew up in ohio you know in great whitetail country very fortunate to hunt uh private land that my a couple pieces that my uncle has big farms and and uh it was it was almost detrimental to my progression as a bow hunter in a way um because it was oh you know we've got to stand over here go sit there like you know this is where the deer come through and and you know there there was no i didn't have to do any of the leg work to to figure things out at all yeah um but it was awesome because, yeah, you're seeing a lot of deer and, uh, of course, can shoot a pile of does if you want, basically. And and uh, so coming out to Oregon and having to bust brush on public land and, and just figure it out, I've really grown from that. But, yeah, it's it's been challenging. And, and a lot of times I feel like finding game does not come easy to me. Um and it may be yeah just partially the state of things out here with you know predators and things like that which you know you like uh Carson and Andy they yeah I listened a little bit uh to you guys talking with them just to see kind of what they were saying and and it's kind of a matter of perspective like they've lived here all their lives so they saw when it was really great Mm -hmm. and so like now you know they I, I would probably be the same way, a little down on it uh, if I was them growing up, you know, and, and just having it as amazing as it was. For me, you know, I've never lived somewhere where I can have a, an elk tag, a deer tag, a bear, a mountain lion <laughs> tag in my pocket at one just time. Just the pure opportunity is good it's enough It's just almost. like, a, yeah, a cornucopia of opportunity. Um, and big animals do come out all these over-the-counter units like every year, yep. it's you know they're rare but like they exist Mm -hmm. and so yeah the predators definitely are uh they're wreaking havoc but they're still yeah there's still animals out there and so from my yeah from my perspective as an ohioan i'm like well this is great like even (laughs) though yeah maybe it's not but yeah (laughs) so so this was your third year
2: hunting out there
1: yeah Yep. Yeah, I, we moved in February, and it was a perfect six months of residency oh, before perfect. I could buy tags um, <laughs> that first year out there. So, couldn't nice. have timed that any better. Nice. That's about perfect. Yeah. So,
2: being newer out there, three years under your belt, if you had to list the order in which you would want to fill those tags, or I guess the effort you would put into filling them, which animals come first? Just laying it on heavy oh, right off. The
1: yeah, <laughs> 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 I mean, everybody wants to kill an elk, right? An elk's yeah, a huge absolutely. animal. They taste great. Um, they're just awesome creatures. But like, I'm in love with these blacktails, man. They, yeah, they're just they're something else. Um, just the places they they live for sure. Um, and they're they're just like a more elusive, like mysterious white-tailed deer. That's prettier. And, uh, just, yeah, it's, so I don't know. I would say first on the list would be elk, which I have not got, but the blacktails like I closer than expected. Yeah. I I've been, I found myself in September in the middle of elk season thinking about black tails, you know, to, to put it that way. That's, that's the best way I can describe how much I enjoy hunting the blacktails. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know much about them, but every time I hear somebody talk about them, they're they're very weary and elusive. And elusive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I yeah. always hear. They're, they're very tough to kill.
1: Yeah, I would say that's true. Um, as far as the wariness, I would actually say um, they're well. Yeah, it's different because I'm hunting them. I'm I'm getting up elevated and and hunting them kind of like a whitetail okay. and. The, the big bucks I've been around, which is a small sample size, only two, um, they've let me get away with stuff that I would never get away with with a big whitetail. You think um, that's a
2: lack of people interaction? I, Assuming it's more vast. I,
1: my guess my guess is, is they're, they're just not as conditioned to a threat being elevated okay, yep. in a tree.
0: Yeah, most people are probably um, in the ground, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, most, most people you do hunt them from the ground. I mean, there's people that hunt, hunt them from tree stands and stuff, but you know, it's, they're setting up, you know, preset stands and just, that's where they hunt for the whole season. I'm bouncing around and, and yeah. trying to be as mobile as possible. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think maybe that's, I think otherwise, yeah, you're probably right. They are, uh, what others are saying as far as being wary but when when it comes to being up in a tree it seems like they 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 don't know how to interpret you as as a as a threat i guess and uh it it's kind of interesting they they really stick around and let you get away with way more than i would have expected um
2: for it's sure it gotta be strange from an animal standpoint looking up well, that's different. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah you're that's exactly. not a squirrel.
1: That's working. <laughs> right. Keep
2: keep that
0: tactic going. I mean, yeah, yeah. You never you never hear much of people hunting out of tree stands out out west when it's in the mountains.
1: Yeah, which is yeah. I get I it. Think it's it's probably carrying on. stuff, right? Well, yeah. My first year out here, I was I was carrying like a. I think I looked the other day. the The stand was seventeen pounds, and each stick was about five pounds. <laughs> When we first got married, I bought like, yeah, the, the Hawk stand and sticks, but the steel ones. And, uh, you know, it was just like what I could afford. And, uh, so, so I, I started out my first season in 2020, lugging that up and down and by about hunt three, um, I was just, was walking in and sitting on the ground. <laughs> what do you, what's your setup now? so now i'm i'll get hate for this but I'm I'm, I'm 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 full blown into the saddle game uh and one sticking so so yeah you can lay it on, lay I, it on I, me for that. I couldn't i couldn't
0: i couldn't wrap my head around one sticking for the longest time <laughs> and i just watched somebody's video and i was like so that's
2: how they do it
0: i was completely just i was like how what
2: are they are they really tall
0: <laughs> I couldn't believe yeah. it. I, and when I saw it, I was like, wow, that makes really good sense. I get it now. But yeah. it's, it's a hard concept. I don't know. Maybe my brain just doesn't work well, but which it doesn't. But it took me a minute to wrap my head around Imagine it. That 12,000 I, feet. Yeah, especially 12,000 feet. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. And and you know what? I mean, looking at uh, like probably the amount of hiking you're doing to get in and the amount of crap you got to carry, a saddle is probably your best, your best idea. Yeah,
1: yeah I think um, one sticking is a little bit tricky and, um, I probably wouldn't do, you know, even if I was hunting public land back East, I probably wouldn't one stick. I'd probably just carry two sticks with eighters on each of them. Mm-hmm. That's what um, I but at times I've been like four miles back in out here. And, and I think just due to the fact that I am walking so far in certain cases, it, it's an advantage, but I don't think it's a as fast as just to me and and you know i i have not that many sits in it yet but but i don't think it would be as fast as just setting two sticks climbing up and and then climbing back down
0: who was telling us about the uh the rope they were they were flinging a rope up and using ascenders to get up it
2: uh chris chelton chris yeah
0: it was chris um that that's an
2: Too. He basically it's, just uses two tethers in this the yeah, second tether. He's got has like, a piece of wood on the bottom of it that works as a one stick essentially. I got yeah, you.
0: and he just ascends his way up the rope and then ties off and then rappels out and he has a piece of what do you call it paracord to pull his rope out cuz it's like looped. It's got like a finger, figure eight loop on it. Yeah. That was pretty neat watching. Um Yeah, I'm lucky. I might I might walk a, a, a tough day is a mile and a half for me, you know if that and back yeah, yeah pretty much yeah i mean pennsylvania <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and that's still a long way yeah and yeah, that's still seriously. a long ways compared to what i was used to i'd walk out my back door 200 yards oh i'm, I'm seeing that's a
0: that's a very rare occasion the majority of my hikes are maybe like 150 200 yards in so so yeah carrying a lone wolf and three sticks doesn't hurt me too much Nope. Yeah. I'm not I, I am gonna whine a little bit. My first my first time going into a tree this year, my hips like I, I bought a uh <laughs> I bought a mystery ranch pop up twenty eight and I loaded everything in. I was like, this is gonna be great. I made it about fifty yards and my hips were on fire. I was like, damn, I'm out of shape. But uh yeah, no, that yeah. that I I can imagine going up where you're going. I think the the saddle would probably be I don't wanna say that too loud, but the saddle would probably be the best uh
2: I'll I'll still admit daily that I think I like ninety percent of the saddle better than a stand. It's just the shooting aspect that gets me. It's not nearly as black and white to shoot out of, and when an opportunity comes out, very seldom. Yeah, it's nicer to say say, do
1: this. (laughs) Yeah, I would say for me, I find it more natural to get my upper body in that proper angle, depending on the steepness of the shot. With a saddle, like, I would really have to consciously tell myself in a tree stand to stick my butt against the tree and hinge at the hips, you know? Yeah. Um, With a saddle, I can just kind of fluidly do that. But, yeah, you're right. Like, they bill it as being 360-degree shooting, and it can be. Like, I I use a ring of steps to be able to do that, but it's certainly not, you know, you're not going to make that 360-degree swivel very well with a deer right there you know it, it's so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's certain the end all be all at all
2: was, was Again, the black do i'd miss a step freaking
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, bam, <laughs> right up against the tree yeah that'd be me face off the tree um was was the blacktail the first thing you got out of a saddle or did you get something before that
1: yeah yeah it was actually so, Oh, that's yeah. cool first for saddle cool yeah a decent yeah. one Pretty yeah cool. yeah i guess it's not bad yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, more than... More, <laughs> go ahead.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say, I we can get into the actual story. For those who have seen the picture, how big it. is that in Blacktail
1: World? Oh, I mean, there's plenty that will be killed and that have been killed this year that will be bigger than that. Um, but, you know, just out of curiosity, I, I just kind of rough-taped him out. And uh, the... The gross score puts him like 25 inches above the Pope and Young minimum for a Colombian blacktail. Okay. So pretty good one. Um now geographically, I don't know that he would technically qualify as a blacktail because there's one unit here in Oregon um where it's like they they made the dividing line and said like, "Oh, on the this side it's it's a mule deer, and on this side uh, it's a blacktail. And so this is like in the gray area uh, but i I was listening to a conversation uh, I think it was on the TradQuest podcast actually. they had an Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife biologist on discussing blacktails. Yep. and he said he said it's like less than one percent that are like hybridized with mule deer most most of what you 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 see over here is is 100 a true black tail but for the you know boone and crockett you know made the dividing line and whatnot but but yeah he was he was he was a dandy for sure i mean it it was fortunate that i could barely make out much of what his frame looked like uh when, when i shot him because it i didn't have any time to get to work up about it but oh
2: yeah <laughs> that'll happen i i have found i enjoy that much more when it happens quick i've discovered that is my uh, my forte yeah in the tree <laughs> if it happens quick it goes well if i have time not as well <laughs> yeah
1: no i i would say a lot of people are that way yep silence <laughs>
2: I kept looking at Chris. I'm like, he's gonna say something. And <laughs> I had then something, didn't.
0: but like I said about my brain being really good, I so, forgot what I was gonna say.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of more time though, um, so I was really struggling this fall to find elk, and uh, we can yeah talk about elk hunting too. But uh, I I basically just was tired of hunting elk, and so I was like, I need a break. Like my dad had been out and had been hunting with me but they headed back to Ohio and uh, and I was like I need a break I'm going to go scout an area close to home for blacktails coming up and the tag is good uh during the September out season for blacktails here and then they have a late archery season that goes basically the second week of November to the first week of December okay so I don't really focus on the blacktails in September at all cuz I'm hunting oak but you know, if a good one, if you came across a good one, your tags valid. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go scout this blacktail spot close to home. Cause I, I'm just elk hunting is kicking my butt and I, I just need to go, go do something different, you know? And so I, I, to your point about having too much time to think about things, I was walking through a bedding area and, uh, and really not, not being too particular about my noise. Well, wouldn't you know it? A a blacktail stands up 15 yards away from me. I think he was dead asleep. Um, And just enough noise heard and woke him up. He wakes up immediately, just starts feeding, facing away from me at 15 (laughs) yards. And so I get out my phone and I'm videoing him and I'm, I'm probably watching him for like five minutes. And then I'm like, Dude, wait a second <laughs> i need i need to try to shoot this thing like my wife's gonna kick my butt if she knows i had a, a blacktail buck in front of me and i didn't try to put meat in the freezer you know <laughs> quick question does she know about this yet <laughs> yes she okay. does yeah yeah so so this this blacktail and he he wasn't a very big one but i would have been more than happy with him and uh he he's standing there and he's kind of catching on to me at this point. And I'm, I'm trying to make moves. I'm in this thick brush, like the trying to get a nice firm place to stand, even just to get a good shot was tough. And, uh, he eventually does offer me a shot and he's like kind of looking right at me as I come to full draw, like as slow as a man could possibly could. And yeah, so many things going through my head and, and I just, pull my head and shoot right in front of him underneath him in front of his front yeah. leg and and blew it but i do like when it happens quick
2: yeah i have discovered peeking is not the route to success either <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. no i'm i'm the opposite of you guys i like to see it and because and i spaz out as soon as i see a deer like my yeah. i start shaking and stuff and then after you want the time to call after down. a minute i can calm myself down and be like okay now you know what you gotta do but usually what I miss is because is it comes in quick and I'm freaking out and, and you know, I don't have a time to, to overcome those shakes and stuff. Yeah. So. Or a pant pocket. Or a pant pocket. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> the tip of my Did recurve, my tip of my recurve got caught on a, a zipper on my pocket, and My like a cargo that pocket. Get you. Yeah, <laughs> I shot, right? I shot, my arrow kind of like went end over end and landed at a doe's feet this year. I was like, son of a gun. Oh, Yeah. It was yeah. a perfect shot, too. It was, like, like seven, eight-yard shot, you know. The whole time, I'm like, oh, she is done. This is great. I got the most perfect shot. There's my spot. There's the tip of my arrow. This is great.
1: One
0: of those fantastic. deals. Yeah.
1: Yep. yep. You, you, you feel like, you know, you're a little kid flinging an arrow at one of those targets that uh, – the arrow won't stick in or something. Oh, exactly. Like that. Just exactly. watching that arrow helplessly just fly. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yep. Not to get too far off topic, but is it? Is there anything worse than when you're of age shooting an adult-sized bow and your arrow still bounces off a target? Like, that's just, like, the <laughs> most demasculating thing ever. Has that happened yeah.
1: to you, shaver? I don't know that I can relate. It has happened <laughs> once or twice. <laughs>
2: That's what happens when you shoot old crappy three d targets, I guess mm.
0: <laughs> We do have a couple oh, yeah. of those at our club that are like they're like rocks. they're the old McKenzie's.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah they're rough, but throw your shoulder out trying to pull an arrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
2: I... that's why those guys could shoot 70 pound bows back in the day. you know they had to pull the arrows out too. so <laughs> yeah, the only problem is those ta- those those targets
0: last like a summer and then they have a big bowling ball hole size through them,
1: yeah yeah we, we we had a little 3d range at home as a kid and uh I got real familiar with expanding foam <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh loctite's the best yep. yes it's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the most dense um ha- have you had success out there since you've been out there beside the blacktail have you have you got anything down
1: no so that was my first I've had encounters and arrows released yeah um a, f- a few different times but uh, that was, yeah, first first tag filled in Oregon, so it was kind of good awesome. to get that monkey off my back.
0: Can, can we get you to tell a miss story? Yeah, because yeah, 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 I t- yeah. that's all I do is tell stories about how I've missed stuff around here. So,
2: and then after yeah. that, you can follow it up with the actual. <laughs> yeah, then th- th- then we'll we'll
1: sure <laughs> set the fireworks. <laughs> yeah, off. so um, I guess we'll go with an elk one then. Um,
2: it's bad when you have to choose, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes yes don't worry we can all sympathize
1: with you this is okay we're all in this together that's exactly why i said it (laughs) oh man yeah yeah i mean we're only sampling from the oregon stories here you know go back to the ohio stories (laughs) might be here a minute come back for part two yeah yeah so let's see So I bounced all over the place uh, elk hunting in Oregon. And um, the first year I was out here, I think I started out in the coast range. So, yeah, Oregon, just like the diversity is really what's pretty incredible about it. I mean, yeah, you've got that rainforest jungle out on the coast. And then you've got um, south in the middle of the state – that are, are much drier and, uh, still like thick as snot. But, um, and then out East it's like all high desert. And so, yeah, you've just got like so many ecosystems in one, one state. And so the first year I'm out there, I'm like, just trying to find elk anywhere. So I, I started out hunting the coast and with little success, it's just so thick out there it's steeper than you could ever imagine. Like I, I never would have pictured how, how steep it is out there on the coast. And, um, so it's like road hunting, not, you know, not really my style, but like the thought of a Roosevelt bull with dark antlers in that rainforest, you know, just like keeps you up at night. Like, so I wanted to, you know, see if I could turn one up. Well, I didn't we hunted all the way out in Northeast Oregon? Like, and then, also, I've hunted the Cascades here pretty, pretty local, like within a two hour drive of me. And uh, so it was the very last weekend of season this past, no, not 2022, 21, um, I, I decided I was like, I'm going to run out to the coast. I've had trouble locating elk out here. I'm just going to drive until I find one. And, and so... I eventually, like at 2 a.m. in the morning, like a couple cow oak run across the Forest Service Road in front of me. And so I'm like, you know, I'm in business. And so I tried to get on that, that herd the next day with little success. And uh, I ended up coming back here, like as a last, dish, last ditch effort here, pretty local, um, close to where we live on the last day of the season. So the season was closing on Sunday. And I'm driving back like Sunday morning and I'm going to hunt kind of mid afternoon and see if I can make something happen. So I get up into this area that my dad and I had been up in previously in the month. And it's just me this time. And we had found a little bit of sign, um, not nothing too crazy, but I was like, you know, it's worth a shot. And I get up in there and I'm side hill across in this It's kind of a bowl, and there's some old growth dug fir in there. There's a spring down in the bottom. And just, you know, looks like pretty good elk habitat because there's a couple little meadows in there. Because the elk, you know, grasses is what, that's what they want. So so I'm side-hilling across there. The day winds are pulling up the hill. And I'm just trying to, it in September in Oregon, everywhere you go is just so crunchy because it is so dry out here. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard about the fires. Like it's yeah. just a tinder box. Everything is dead and dry. So I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to still hunt through there, but it is just, yeah, painstaking and, and not nearly as quiet as you'd want it to be, but they're elk. They're a big animal. They make a lot of noise anyways. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working through there and I hear some cracking down below me and, and I'm like, right in the middle of an open area, sun shining on me. I'm like, this is not a good situation. (laughs) So I, I back up into the shade and, and sure enough, there's this little spike about 60 yards from me. And I watch him thrash a tree for like 30 seconds. And he proceeds to, I think I had let out a cow call or two, just intermittently as I'm still hunting my way through there, because I know I'm, I'm aware that I'm making some noise. And he must've heard that. And he's on a dead walk right after, right at me after he thrashes that tree. And it's just like, he's coming right at me and you're like, shoot, you know, this might, this might happen, you know? And, and he gets to about 15 yards from me, literally head on and glances up at me and continues on his course. Like it, it just blows your mind that like, if you just stand there still and there's nothing between you and him, he can look straight through you. That's crazy. And like, you know, I, I had camel on my upper body, but my pants were, you know, it's just like these elk, they'll just stare right through you, you know, if, if you're not moving. And so he comes, it's going to be perfect. The wind's carrying uphill and he's coming just downhill from me. And, his head gets behind this tree. I had heard all this stuff about, you know, with elk, make sure you set up to where there's not a bunch of stuff in front of you because that's going to screw you for getting the shot opportunity. And so, you know, I thought, all right, this is a good setup. I've got open all out in front of me. There's one tree that if his head gets behind, you know, I can, I can draw his head gets behind that tree. I draw, and there's a Doug fur sapling literally covering his vitals completely, and he's he's at seven yards, oh, and, no. and it, it it was still enough that he could hear the fabric on my shirt kind of rub against my pack as I came to full draw, and when I realized I didn't have a shot and like you know bent down and I I let down slowly, but he could hear that material a little bit, but I had no clue you know what was going on. Couldn't smell me cause he's downwind of me, but I had no shot and he's just sitting there. Yeah. I can just see his, the tip of his nose on the other side of this pretty thick, uh, dug fur that he's behind with his head. And yeah, if not for that little sapling, like I'm putting it. Yeah. Right there through his <laughs> rib cage. But yeah, he, so he, bobbed his head around. Something's not right. And sure enough, he, he ends up busting, and you know I'm hoping like, oh, just like come a few more steps forward. But no, he he busts off, and as he does that, I come to full draw on cow call, and he he stops at thirty yards. Hindsight, I should not have forced it, but uh, I let her rip, and he wheels and is gone before that arrow even arrives on sight. And uh, <laughs> so so my uh, my Doug arrow is embedded in uh, in a Douglas fir tree, fittingly,
2: <laughs> back where it belongs yes return <laughs> yes. to sender oh man <laughs> yeah.
1: how how bad was your heart exploding out of your chest through all that oh man so yeah it was but at the same time it wasn't like you were cool about it for some reason i was super calm mm-hmm. but it was just like yeah just the stress of like i you've worked so hard for this like and i think that's why i you know let one fly yeah, you know, yeah. really realistically, I probably shouldn't even shot anyways. Fortunately, clean miss, right? But, it, yeah, you're just like, you know, you've you've busted your tail so hard all season. Here's this opportunity on the last day, like everything can change so quick, and just not quite, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was that was a wild encounter for sure. And sounds it. I mean, he was just a spike, but that dude was it's bigger big. than the elk
0: I shot. <laughs> or didn't shoot excuse me Did, yeah yeah oh it's priceless Wait, you you're you're shooting like a d-sal longbow right
1: yeah it's got a little bit or uh, a little, little bit, bit of, of reflex. reflex to it but the the profile when strung is pretty much yeah straight what straight is it e. it's uh um it looks Kohana. Nice. okay Kohana Kohana. Longbow, yep. a guy in southern michigan i think custom build it for my dad and then my dad didn't really get along with the with the locator style grip and wasn't really shooting it very consistently so it became mine is your but, is your dad like a like an old school flat grip no actually actually he prefers a little more of the pistol, pistol grip, grip. Oh, uh, riser riser cut a little more to center yeah um there were the the bow he shoots is like one that he bought in 1985 off of a guy from uh, Southern Ohio, Tom Cable, um, which is kind of funny. I had, uh, I'd always read my dad's traditional bowhunter magazines. And finally, when I did finally subscribe the back issue, they sent me was a 1995, uh, traditional bowhunter issue. And they actually interviewed that bowyer, Tom, Tom Cable in that issue, but I don't, he doesn't build bows anymore, but yeah. So is it His is it also a D-style kind of bow, but it does have a much better, like, yeah, pistol grip yeah, to it. Yeah, gotcha. So,
0: yeah, they're cool. Nice. They're really cool bows.
1: Yeah. That style. Yeah, yeah And I, shooting I, the Doug Furs, obviously. Yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's taken a little work for me to really get uh, consistent AeroFlight because of that grip, too. Um, you know, when I was in high school and stuff, shooting it, I... Probably didn't pay as much attention to that stuff as I should have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of letting her rip. But um, I, yeah, I shoot an 80 85 uh, uh, Doug Fur shaft with a, a 135 grain Grizzly nice. uh, on the front. So, how much pounds did you pull in? Um, the bow is 59 at 28. Okay. But my draw length is 30 inches. So, 60 I'm like some 62? in the lower 60s yeah. yeah I think so nice yeah a yeah. It's a it's only a 62 inch bow um i think you know if I have one built here eventually I'd probably get a 64 inch bow um yeah. because I have noticed i actually have a bow that's heavier poundage than the one i have than the one i have been shooting and it's a 66 inch bow and man, nicer. that nice comes back so smooth even though it's like eight pounds heavier draw weight um so i think yeah i would get a 64 inch nice okay. would you go with another kohana uh i don't think so i'm actually i would probably have uh, bob smith i think build me one oh, nice. i really i really like the the big sticks so i just i just picked up a
0: well i had an assassin for a few years and i just picked up a hitman like in october yeah. And, and I I shoot it as well as I shot that assassin. They're they're awesome, awesome bows. I like the grip on the Hitman better. The grip on the assassin had like a ball where your palm. It kind of it was real goofy.
2: I would say that yeah. is the progression of Bob's grips. He, yeah,
0: he's definitely improved his grips. I mean, Bob's awesome. Yeah, he's, and he's a great bowyer. I mean, his the 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 assassin I had was. I mean, I just couldn't miss it. That bow was awesome. That's but awesome. The, yeah, the Hitman is.
2: Oh, I get yeah.
0: Yeah. I think
1: that's the route I'll go. Yeah,
0: yeah, great bows.
2: Hard to yeah, beat. Bob's sure. a good guy too.
0: Yeah you, yeah, you can't beat the guy either. So
2: just make sure you have about three hours worth of a phone call ready for uh Yeah, at all times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's awesome. <Yes. laughs> that <was> great, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I shot one of his at ETAR, so
0: nice. all right. really it, But what, which one yeah. did you shoot? Was it an assassin or a hitman?
1: Um a I think that something? was like when he had first kinda started building his hitmans. And yep. he just, like, handed me his personal bow and let me shoot it for a little while. And, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Was that in... That
2: eight, was 2019,
1: because my dad was
2: there. I had one of the original two. Well, Jeez, one yeah. of the original two production bows.
1: Where, Malachi, where'd you camp at in 19? Do you remember? Um, We would kind of always tend to just find a little tiny spot... Um, just like north of the lodge there in that kind of median strip, you know, where there, you know, you would, you would drive in and go off to the right. Mm -hmm. And if you went off to the left, that was kind of where the vendors would drive through to the tents. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little strip of grass right there and kind of on the corner there. A lot of times we would just find a little spot just big enough for the tent and, and set up right there.
2: We probably weren't yeah. that far. No. Because we were in two thousand nineteen we were uh so you know how you have like the you have the lodge, then you have like the handicap uh portage on yeah. by the lodge. You go down mm-hmm. that little road right there. Yep. We were camped right on the opposite corner.
1: Okay. Yeah, gotcha.
2: If was, I if I have where you're talking correct.
0: My my yeah. my tent and truck were right behind Big Jim's camper.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, further down that strip away. For, so. Yeah,
0: exactly. Not far from you guys. I'm, I'm sure we've yeah. all run. Well, Schaefer, I don't know if I. I I'm, we probably ran into each other there too and didn't realize it. Probably. Yeah.
1: Small Yeah.
2: So yeah. should we get into Blacktail? I think Hunt? it's Blacktail
1: time. I think so. I think it's. All right. Yeah. I love these things. But yeah, so. What did I tell you? Yeah. 2020, first year out here. And. uh so the blacktails were on my radar because I hear, yeah, James Orr and, and Matt Starley and those guys always talking about them. And, and they, they do some hunting over in this area as well occasionally. Um, but I think it was, yeah, opening day of blacktail season. So when we first moved out here, um, where we were living, I would have to go, go up over the pass basically um, to the west to get to the area that I was hunting. And so the first morning, you know, I'm driving at like 3am and, uh, going up over the pass and it's a little bit snowy and I've got super sporty looking vehicle an Oh five, uh, Subaru Forester. Um, <laughs> and the, the whole wagon bit, you know, totally, totally, uh, Totally Oregonian of me, by the way, to own a Subaru. That's very Vermonter of you, as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know.
0: Do you have the so, coexist? Do you have the coexist sticker on the back.
1: <laughs> I should have just to just to like go incognito. Have a good cover story. Yeah, exactly. No, no one had one would spot. Yeah, so I'm driving up over the pass, and uh, I. I underestimated how slippery the roads were and I'm telling you my rear end I lose traction and I'm trying to like calmly recover it and all of a sudden you're just back and forth, back and forth. Oh no. And I literally I'm telling you, I bust through a snowy manzanita bush and go end over end off the mountainside and roll <sighs> down into this roll down into this canyon. On the opening morning of Blacktail season 2020.
0: Did you tell this story before on a podcast?
1: No, I've never. This is, this, is, my, is you guys, my first podcast.
0: But okay, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> no. yes. Yes. All
1: right. This
0: this story I, sounds familiar. but Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I, I was mean,
2: about to yeah, say this was... is going downhill fast with a coexisting. L- literally, literally, I had a. I, I kind of remembered the story, so I was like, yeah. "That might not be appropriate." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that would have. Uh,
1: Fortunately, fortunately, I'm here. But yeah, exactly. It Dear did Lord. go downhill pretty fast. Literally. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think maybe I had shared that on Instagram or something. Just
2: it wasn't long after this I started getting messages about the Jeep to tie into the uh, <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Of this. Man, this yeah. sounds familiar. But go ahead. I, I, yes, this exactly. Is crazy. The Jeep saga began after this day, this this fateful day. But yeah, so. I literally go off, I mean, it's it's crazy, like, I just go, yeah, headlong off, I do basically an end-over-end flip, and then I'm in the spin cycle, just rolling. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I don't know how many rolls I did, but, you know, when you're, I don't know if anybody else has been in any rollover crashes, but when you're in there, it feels like forever. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know, you're rolling and just expecting the next hit, like, I don't know for everything to go black or something. It's just, yeah, it it's wild. And uh, I come to rest against this huge Doug fur, like smash against it. Fortunately, right side up, and uh, it was on the driver's side, uh, the rear door panel, so I could still open my door. And uh, so, yeah, that's how my very first late season blacktail hunt started out, and. Funny enough, like, all the things you could be thinking in that moment, I'm thinking, like... This is a good place to park? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic place to park. (laughs) Eight inches of fresh powder. Just beautiful. Pristine. do will worry about this Uh, after the hunt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm I'm like, first of all, okay, this vehicle is totaled. We're going to have to car shop. And then, like, second of all well, I guess I ain't hunting today. This stinks. <laughs> you know, <You're, laughs> and, were you okay? I, I mean, completely.
0: Oh, like, thank God. Wow. Serious. That's insane. Broken arrow. Now I sponsored went, by Subaru of America.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd mean, i I'd buy another just for the safety features, but oh yeah, my seriously, goodness. uh, just complete miracle. I mean, uh, not a scratch on me and, um, uh, I was able to get out of the car and, and climb up to them because I, I probably was 50 yards down the hill. And I'm telling you, when we went to get some belongings out of the – oh, by the way, the bow and all the Sherwood shafts were perfectly intact. That
0: was, that was my next question. How's the bow? You're okay, cool. How's the bow? Is the bow all right?
1: Yeah. No one's compound would have survived that. No. I had no. a boat full of junk. I probably would knocked you I, out. Stand back in there, like just bouncing around in there. Yeah. Yeah completely fine so but this this embankment i'm telling you it took it you you had to climb up it completely on all fours it it was that steep and yeah it, it was it was gnarly really gnarly uh but so yeah i somehow was perfectly fine on that yeah praise the lord but it the the only scratch i ended up getting was actually funny enough uh when I came back to get stuff out of the vehicle, I, my hand slipped on the side of the car and ran across blo- broken glass. Oh. And uh, so so my wife had to stitch me up at home. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it that was a wild start to my blacktail hunting career for sure. Wow. Isn't so, that
2: one of the things I keep thinking is, man, how cool would it be to get some arrows out of that Doug fur you rested up against?
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be. I don't think anybody would want to pull the Doug fur up out of there, but. I mean, I don't think the towing company wanted to pull my vehicle up out of there because it was like three months later by the time they got to it. And uh, the insurance towing bill was like three grand or something. Wow. Fortunately, that, you know, we had coverage and everything. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was crazy. So, so yeah, that started everything out. I uh, lugged that heavy steel tree stand around for like a few days and then just like, hunting on the ground or just trying to hunt really close to where i parked and i eventually did i had a a small like forky buck come through on the last day 25 yards from my setup and so like you know the whole season was tough i had tough time seeing deer but then you know almost happens right so then going into 2021 i'm i'm real excited about them do even more preseason scouting. It's it's kind of different though, as far as the scouting in the preseason, because the deer here they're they're migratory, so they they spend their summers up in the in the high Cascades basically, and then uh, in November when when they actually when the rut is is starting, all these bucks will show up. Uh, they'll move down into the lower country, and that's that'll okay. be kind of their winter range. Um, so as far as a from a scouting standpoint, when you're walking in through there in October, um, like after elk season's over and between the two, it, you're not really seeing a bunch of sign other than stuff that's a whole year old um, or just see, seeing does in the area. So it it's a little bit tough to kind of pinpoint where they're going to be at just because those bucks have not even showed up yet. <laughs> Um, and so I, I scouted pretty hard, yeah, 2021 in October and the first morning of the late season, I think it was like November 12th or 13th, I hiked in about three miles in this one spot and I had my, I had my saddle at this point. So it only took me, it only took me (laughs) one season of lugging around the tree stand to be like, I'm done with this. And uh, so, so I hike in and, and it always takes longer to hike into these places. You know, it's really cold, but you get heated up so quick hiking, hiking up here. And uh, so I probably didn't get there until like half an hour after it had already been daylight. And I get up into this saddle, this train feature that I thought looked good. And No sooner had I gotten set up in the tree than I hear commotion behind me. And here comes this really wide, nice four by four charging in behind me. And I I believe he might have heard me because I just like made just a little bit of noise. And I think I think he just came in, you know, wondering if it was another buck or curious or something. And of course, this is the disadvantage of the saddle Well, he comes in directly behind me. And so I'm like trying to figure (laughs) out how I'm going to get a shot. And, uh, he, he eventually literally sniffs my bottom stick. And, uh, and this is where I say like, you know, this was, this was a pretty big buck. I would, I would say he's definitely a mature buck. And, uh, he, yeah. Sniffs the bottom of my stick, you know, looking up at me, like, and still sticks around long enough for no me kidding. to get an opportunity. Wow. And so, so many thoughts are floating through my head and yeah, it's like, you know, you're thinking about, all right, when he gets here, I'm going to start to draw, you know, all these things and you forget what you need to be focused <laughs> on, which is getting the full draw and picking a spot. And so he stops at eight yards, real alert. And so, I I aim low, you know, thinking like he's gonna jump the string, and he literally stands stone still as I release that arrow from like three quarter draw because my brain is just <laughs> going shoot the thing, you know, like, and I hit him low in the brisket, and uh, he mule kicks, runs off and stops and just stands there for a while and eventually walks off. And it was like that just gut feeling of crap, you know, like I, I didn't I didn't kill this thing. And so I, I tracked him for probably 250 yards until I'm, you know, pinky nail-sized drops of blood. Yeah. And it ran out. I backed out of there, came back the next day, ended up grid searching for five hours. And I was thinking, you know, there was maybe a chance I clipped one lung, but uh it wasn't to be so yeah never got to see how nice you know that buck was uh that was that was my heartbreaker of of last season so yeah had that one that one was tough to swallow and i mean these blacktails they like i said they're they're just so elusive you you can't really count on more than one encounter a season you know they're such a a low-density animal compared to a whitetail. Um, it, it's it's like hunting in Vermont. <laughs> Precisely, exactly. I can I can identify with Schaefer's pain. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a
2: reason my quiver says "pick a spot, dumbass." I can't afford those moments. Now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. you got to make good on every opportunity. Well, I feel that, that way now. I feel that way now. And I kind of wish I'd a shot a lot more of the whitetails I passed, you know, on my uncle's awesome piece of property, uh, just to get some of that under pressure practice, you know, yeah. back in the day. But yeah, yeah. So they can be, yeah, it's like, they can be anywhere, but they're just in little pockets and, uh, and like you know, if the rut's not going, it's it's hard to find the bucks. Um, you know, I have had n- no problem really finding the does, but um, most of the time, like I'm finding the does before the rut's really kicked off, so they're just uh, family groups of does hanging out together, and I'm not seeing any bucks. But at least I know where the does are at. Stupid question. When does the rut happen? Yeah, it's it's basically around the same time as the whitetail rut. Okay. So. Um, Now, that's not the same for every, like, population of blacktails. Like, up more uh, northwest, their rut is more in October, which is, like, during the rifle season. But down here, because I think because of their migration, Mm -hmm. that rut is – it's kind of, like, mid-November through Thanksgiving and stuff is when things are really popping off, I guess. Um, Yeah, so – yeah, they're, they're tough to find for sure, but it, and the habitat down here, you know, you've got, uh, like open buck brush hillsides. There's a lot of oaks, um, mixed in with like Douglas firs and red cedar and stuff. So there, there's just all sorts of different habitat types down here. And it's, it's been a puzzle trying to identify like how they're using that stuff for me, but, but it's been, it's been pretty fun. So sweet yeah so i guess that was yeah that was the opening day of the 2021 season when i hit that buck and didn't get him and then uh i literally did not have another you know bow range encounter with a deer the rest of that season i mean it was like yeah wow you, you're just like there was my opportunity probably not going to get another one and i didn't um but so yeah this season i had that uh miss on the buck in september so that was september 17th and a part of me was like kind of thankful that i missed because i love hunting this november time frame down here um and and you know get getting out with the saddle and getting elevated I, i think it's just the like feeling like you're whitetail hunting a little bit in just like a neater environment with like super beautiful looking deer. And so, yeah, go into the season this year and again, just like things were starting off pretty slow the first weekend, not seeing any rut activity, seeing very few uh, rubs. Um, You know, I was in an area that I knew... That I knew there were some deer there, but just just not really happening for me. And all the days are just super calm days. Apparently the uh, you can be really in the money if you hunt those rainy nasty days out here. The blacktails just love them. Well, every single day I've had available to hunt in like three years has been a bluebird day almost. Like <laughs> it's just like I cannot. It's catch weird a that sounds bird bad. Bird. Yeah, weird exactly. that's
2: bad. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't catch a break with getting like a poor weather day to hunt. And because everybody that you talk to says these bucks just they're so active uh, when it's just dumping rain or, you know, or if it's spitting snow. And 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 so I've not had an opportunity to, you know, experience that magic, I guess. But yeah, so. Friday, November 18th was the was the morning. And, uh, and I'll share this part because it's kind of, I don't know, central to this part of the story, but like my Christian faith is the foundation of, you know, kind of my life. And, uh, you know, I, I just, that's a big part of it. I was raised in a Christian family and, and just, I feel, you know, I feel like I should share this because it was like, crazy that this happened but i i'd been trying to like just read some more scripture and stuff and uh i the morning what i was doing was i was just looking up verse of the day on the bible app you know and then as i drive because i have a a ways to drive like at 4 a.m in the morning and i like don't ever listen to the radio anymore for whatever reason but so the verse of the day i pull it up and uh it's james 117 and it says uh every good and perfect gift is from above and I'm just like, huh, <laughs> like I am i wouldn't complain, you know, and not not that that's like how it works, because if that's how it worked, like I'd have already killed like three bull elk and, you know, some Booner whitetails or something, you know, <laughs> just, just just being out there is is gift enough, you know, and, and enjoying the, his creation. So but I'm like, huh, you know, that's kind of interesting that that verse is today. So so I'm driving and I I get that thing. I was trying to yeah be better about memorizing some scripture. So I, I get that thing memorized. I get to the, get to the area I'm going to hunt and it's like cold and I don't want to drag myself out of the car, you know, but I do. And so, you know, I, I hike back on, this was only, I was only going in a mile, but I hike back in the dark and yeah, you start off like freezing for the first five minutes until your body heat gets up. And, uh, I'm walking into this. I basically flipped my entire strategy on its head for this day. I I had been hunting kind of the uh, mid-elevation country, um, like around, I don't know, 3,000, 3,500 feet in elevation. And, uh, you know, hunting like like somebody would a hill country whitetail, basically, like looking for benches and, and saddles and things like that. But what I was finding was like I just wasn't happy with the amount of water in the areas that I I'd, I'd been in. and it was just like everything is still so dry. I mean it's supposed to be now the rainy season getting into November here in Oregon, but like still some of these places, it's like dry creek bed after dry creek bed after dry creek bed and like oh little seep here, but like so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to find a spot uh with like a good sized uh year-round creek running and growing up hunting whitetails it was my uncle's property like came alive during the rut because it was down in this valley in this in this river bottom and it was like every buck in the area shows up you know that time of year down in the river bottom because the does are all down there food's down there everything and it's it's a little bit apples to oranges but i was like I want to try it out and, and see, see if, you know, there might be more activity down here closer to, to a major stream or something. So, so I walked back in there and, and the way it set up is you had this real steep hillside and then it was like flat and then this pretty large Creek and in between the hillside and the large Creek was kind of open, like short, I don't know, knee high grass, um, brown grasses, that choked down to kind of a point, um, along the river. And so I'm walking in there and the, you know, I'm expecting that the air currents are kind of going to be pulling down in the morning and then sucking down into that Creek. And I walk in there and I, I immediately, I'm not seeing any rubs or anything, but I'm, I'm seeing, you know, trampled down trails and stuff like, yeah, definitely, animals deer are in here yep. and so it's it's getting closer to shooting light and so i'm i'm starting to look for a setup and i'm telling you every single tree in that whole bottom was like a, an immature fir or cedar that had just branch after branch after branch from from the base to the top and so i'm i'm walking with my headlamp and can't find a tree keep walking, still not finding a tree. Like, man, I I hope I find a tree soon. And, and all of a sudden, like the Griswold family Christmas tree, (laughs) here's the, here's the only Oak in this entire part of the state that does not have a limb until like 22 feet. And, uh, and it's like, this has to be the one my headlight beam hits this thing. It's like glorious. And, uh, and so like back to that verse, it's like, there's, there's like gift to number one, I guess, you know? So, So the wind is going to be a little bit tricky, though. Like I wanted to be on the opposite side of this little, you know, travel corridor because of the way the wind was going. But I was like, this is the only option I got to get up in here and and I'm just going to have to shoot him before he hits hits my wind or something, you know, if if it does happen. So so I I start setting up and I think I was halfway up. I had. I hung my stick on the tree, got part way up, and I heard, I heard something, you know. So straight ahead of me, so between the tree or on the other side of the, myself and the tree, since I'm saddle hunting, and uh, and I just froze there, like hanging from the tree, you know, doing my one stick thing. I'm just like <laughs> got my knees against the tree, and I'm just like hanging out. But uh,
0: bow is on the ground.
1: Bow is on the ground. All right, perfect. Yeah bow and pack are on the ground right and headlamp i think i may have there i may have just clicked the headlamp off because there was just enough light to now see you know what i was doing ahead of me with my naked eye but yeah i hear something and it sounds like it's i don't know 20 30 yards away and it's in the brush but the shadows in the brush are so dark i can't see a thing so i give it a couple minutes and i don't hear anything else so i i go one more one more move up. And so that puts my feet at about like 15 feet or so. I wanted to get, I don't, yeah, I wanted to get, there were some leafy branches up above me and I wanted to make sure my head was basically right up underneath those. So I had at least a little cover as they looked up at me. Cause besides that, I was, I was kind of hanging out there like a sore thumb um, for sure. And so I got up there and I think normally I'd, I didn't even really put much more thought into the sound that I heard off to the right. And I don't even know if it was the buck or not, uh, to be honest. But I would normally like get my tether set where I want it. And then I would kind of drop back down, put my ring of steps around the tree real quick. And then I would pull my bow up and my pack up and stuff. Well, this time, for whatever reason, I didn't hang my ring of steps and i just pulled my bow up in the tree and hung it but i didn't put an arrow on the string and so like i'm i'm working and i'm just about to reach for my pack to pull it up in the tree and these blacktails they're just like so ghostly all of a sudden just like out of nowhere there he is just like 20 yards quarter like quartered to the left here at about i don't know 1030, 11 o'clock on a clock face and, uh, right in the middle of this open grassy, um, and all I can make out is a dark shape and I can see a frame, but it's still just super, super dark. And so like he, he acts like he's going to head off towards the Creek and basically leave. And I'm like, I guess, I try to follow the rules a little bit and I'm like for one it's probably not shooting light two I can't even pick a spot it's too dark right now like you know he may just walk out of my life right now and well he gets behind some brush I pull my phone out and I real quick peek at the time 6:33 I've got 7 minutes until legal light <clears throat> so He messes around around there. He's still kind of peeking up at me. Well, when he had appeared at first, he was looking straight up at me. I mean, just had me pegged, basically. And I was sticking out like a sore thumb. But he he calmed down and gets behind that brush. And I'm able to start to slowly ease an arrow on the string. And he kind of reverses direction and starts walking straight to me. And, you know, over the course of like four or five minutes. Eventually he's like ten yards from me face facing me, looking up at me. It's still so dark. All I can make out is the frame. I can see like his fork on the right side, just barely, but I can't I can't like examine it his rack at all. And not that I really cared because all I saw was just a pure white face. And I was like that that's a that's a mature good buck like when you see a white face like that like i think he's old yeah and so now it's just a matter of like he needs to stick around long enough for it to be light for me to pick a spot and so sure enough he he hits this trail right here next to me i'm at 10 yards and starts to turn broadside and after my bouts with the misses i i had written on my Bow's riser, three words, cheek, spot, pull. And, you know, I guess that's maybe for the Joel Turner stuff, right? You know, process, whatever. But I just, like, I had been shooting, like, 25 to 30 arrows a day, just, like, marching myself through that in my head every time and just making that shot break. And I'm, like, I'm just... Pulling everything inside of me to make sure that I get through those three words, and so I come to full draw. As he's looking up at me, like I probably finished the last <laughs> half of my draw, and he's he's looking right at me. It's, oh. it's the craziest thing. They they he just stared right at me as I just crept back to full draw, and I'm just like in my head, I I'm just screaming cheek spot pull. That arrow is away, and, like, I know immediately it's gone where I was looking, but it's pretty dark, like, hopefully where I was looking was the right spot, you know? (laughs) And immediately it's like, flack, and I'm like, oh, you know, like, it's that bone cracking, but with a little hollowness to it, I guess, Mm -hmm. and, uh, the sound we all like, yeah, so it turned out, oh, wow. Um, that was the scapula I was hearing. And, but as he lunged off and took off, you know, I knew it was where I was looking that the arrow went, but it looked where I was looking as he ran off, looked like it might have been too high. And I was like, yeah, so I, I was concerned and, but he takes off, I lose sight of him about 40 yards out. You know, I don't. I don't make any noise like I'm just trying to hear a crash or something and uh, I don't hear anything for a while and then I after a long enough time I don't hear anything that I, I think I pulled my phone out and just like kind of recorded my reaction a little bit because I was gonna uh, maybe do a video for the Compton big game classic I don't know if it's gonna turn out because I didn't really uh get a ton of great footage. I would say I was just using my phone cause I was like, I don't want to, I just want to focus on hunting, but mm-hmm. I, I want to try to video too. And, Did you video the I, shot? No. Okay. No. Okay.
0: I didn't know if you had something so, going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those where I was, I was just going to accept that I wasn't going to get the shot, but mm-hmm. maybe I could get some like, you know, pull it out as they're coming in or something and then stuff it away or something. Yeah. But so anyways, I record my reaction and I, I turned that off and, and I'm like full on typewriter leg now, which is, which is a 180 degree departure from what happened the year before when I hit the buck on the brisket. Like I didn't shake at all with that buck because my gut feeling was he's, he's not dead, you know? Well, this one, it was like, I think it's good. You know, I think I'm where I need to be. Not sure. But, and so when he had come in, he, he just was pungent. Smelled so ruddy. And uh, it's like five minutes after the shot. And I hear like some rustling in the leaves. But like, you know, my pessimistic brain at that point, thinking of what could have gone wrong, I like, well, maybe that's him crashing. I don't know. Well, I also smelled that odor all of a sudden. Again, of him. And, you know, I don't know why I didn't just like recognize it for what it was, but it was him crashing. And so... I, I waited another hour in the tree, got down, went to the arrow, and no further. I didn't even try to look at blood any further. I knew it wasn't going to be much of blood trail because I didn't get I didn't get a full pass through. Um, I'm shooting the grizzlies, so you know, you know, I've come to accept that the blood trail is going to be lighter, yeah. and especially if you don't get uh, two holes, which it turned out I did did pass through barely on the other side, but it was like right behind his elbow. So I don't know. Yeah. But so I slip out of there and, uh, I, I get my wife and daughter and we come back in like six or seven hours later, long story short, blood trail, just terrible. Like I don't, I don't find hardly any blood after like the first 35 yards. And, uh, we end up starting the grid search and (laughs) my wife, I can, I can tell she's like, the initial excitement has worn off a little bit. And now we're like busting brush down here on this Creek bottom. And I'm like, I know like, you know, this is not as fun anymore as, as it was like thinking, all right, we're going to get a buck. And so like, I'm my brain's starting to go to a dark place. Like this is going to be heartbreak again, two years in a row. And, uh, and, and wouldn't you know it on our fourth pass, Morgan actually, she finds him and she says, "Hey Malachi, come here." And and uh, I walk over and that smell hits me before I even see him and we got him. So yeah, That's it was sweet. it was it was awesome. It was so cool to have have them and on it with me. But yeah, just like that, <laughs> all the gifts. Like I guess back to the fact that I survived that crash in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like then I get the right tree, and then that buck shows up at first light. And then the other thing I didn't mention was as we walked in to go in for the recovery, we're walking along the trail and I about step on this little Forky shed. <laughs> and I've never, I've never found a shed in the state of Oregon until that day. And I'm like, I, I didn't verbalize it, but I'm like, huh? Like gifts. I like, I like that sign. Like, yeah. you know, so another gift, but yeah, it's just, just a crazy awesome day. And, uh, so yeah, I ended up breaking him down, packing him out on one trip, and and uh, we we've we had his tenderloins the other night, and and so awesome, Yeah. Awesome. So it, it was pretty sweet, but yeah, he he was just way more than I could have ever asked for as far as just the quality of a deer and just that classic like blacktail appearance to him. I mean, just it it was funny because like I was I was to the point I thought I was just content with, you know, you know, anything I kill from here on out, you know, just European mount and like those look classy and great on the wall and everything. And, uh, but Morgan was like, man, his face is just so pretty. (laughs) Sounds like a shoulder mount. (laughs) Shoulder mount it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now we've got a taxidermy bill, but yeah, yeah. He, he's a pretty good one.
0: Oh man, that's awesome! I love good hunting stories, and that's a killer one. That is awesome. I I, yeah. I, I saw that picture on your your Instagram. You're super up against the that three-year
1: saga. Dude,
0: that is insane. Yeah, that is yep. absolutely insane.
1: Yeah, three-year quest. Yeah, so that's like yeah, first like non-private land, I guess. Animal first saddle animal, whatever you know. But like first organ. Just, yeah, like you just feel like, you know, you really just worked your tail off and you kind of earned it although in the end like you know things things have to happen that are out of my control right yeah, you know yeah. you know for things to go right but just yeah just so just so cool having that buck come in and and getting an opportunity and yeah and sharing it with my girls so what That's an awesome,
0: awesome. T- what an awesome story
1: <laughs> uh, yeah thanks yep yeah it's a good thing we got you on
2: <laughs> <Appreciate it. laughs> this, is, this has been
0: good oh it's been a great yeah i'm glad (laughs) definitely i've enjoyed it so what's next do you do you still have some season left are you done
1: so my black bear and mountain lion tags are good through the end of the year but i don't have the first idea about how to find either of those species like
0: can you use dogs out there or anything like that i can't
1: no nothing yeah
0: they're, they're
1: yeah 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 that that was outlawed i think in the 90s um so yeah, it's either by happenstance while you're hunting something else, or I mean, you could probably nail down and track a black bear. It's just like I see black bear sign in every every spot that I hunt, yeah. but it's just like I you just don't really see them too Man, much. They're so. just
0: tough to hunt. I mean, like PA is kind of the same deal. We can't we can't bait, we can't use dogs or anything like that. So it's I think the majority of guys in rifle season just rely on drives. And, yeah, and archery season. I I don't even. I try, but I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, it's just
1: yeah. Be pure on them pure. the same way.
0: I buy a bear tag yeah. when I'm deer hunting, and hopefully something walks by, but I doubt it. Yeah, um yeah. So do, yeah. You, do you only archery hunt, or do you do anything else? Do you rifle hunt, flintlock
1: um, muzzleloader. I've always, uh, growing up, you know, shotgun for turkeys all the time. Yeah. Um. In in more recent years, I've I've toted my bow around for turkeys and actually we have we have a lot of turkeys around here um in Oregon and I just don't have a shotgun out here in Oregon it's like it's at my parents house so uh I I've been chasing them with a bow and no blind and a ghillie suit and it's really tough (laughs) very yeah it it, it's been it's been fun but I mean I wouldn't be opposed to just yeah taking a shotgun out and and uh and killing a Rio because I've never killed you know that that blend of turkey I guess but yeah, uh, yeah so <laughs> very cool I think I still my,
2: stand by the fact that I like the the fact that when you miss a turkey with a bow you're not the guy I ridge over making all the bangs yeah you do it in silent you stealth True. miss one, one of my yeah
0: f- you don't <laughs> one of my favorite hunts was probably the 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 only season so far I've hunted with with the recurve for for uh, turkeys. And I had two toms come up to a hill to me. And I was like behind this tree, no blind, thinking I was going to like, you know, they'll come up and I'll just pop out and game on, right? Well, right. no, they, they came up <laughs> alongside me. So they're like walking right to me. I'm out in the middle, you know, the wide open. So I'm screwed now because I'm no longer behind this tree. And they start losing their minds. And out of nowhere, this beautiful gray coyote comes up behind them. So it's me, about 25 yards, the two toms. And then about twenty yards past them is this coyote, and yeah. it was like a, a, a about like a, a maybe like thirty seconds of just everybody kind of sitting there looking <laughs> like what's gonna happen, you know, and <laughs> and I have no doubts he winded me because he just took off down this hill like a like just like a shot of lightning. It was amazing. It was so cool. Yeah. And then <laughs> then like I was like holy crap, you know that was that was awesome. I never got a shot at him, but that was cool. That was great. And then the two toms are still there. And they continued to walk right into me and to the yeah. point where I was like, well, I'll just draw and see what happens. And I got probably about three quarter draw and they took off flying. I, I shot anyway. And I shot right underneath the breast of the one <laughs> completely missed it, but it was probably like one of my most favorite hunts I've ever been on. Awesome. What it would experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Turkeys sure. are great. Turkeys are cool. Yeah. Those
2: turkeys were in a bad, bad spot there.
0: <laughs> oh, they, I, you know, of course it never works out the way you want. I'm like, ah, oh, this is perfect. I got this big tree. It's like, Big, you know, three feet around. I was like, this is going to be great. They're going to come up the hill. And uh, they came up alongside of me, and I was screwed. But it was awesome. It was so
1: cool. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I love the turkey hunting. Um, I've had a spring bear tag the past two years as well. And uh, I hate to say it, but I just really haven't, haven't hunted on that tag very much. And I, I considered maybe even actually getting a rifle just – uh, and and going out for spring bear because that's the way most people yeah. uh, do it out here. But because um, my wife was like, I want you to kill a bear because I got charged by one down by Yosemite National Park uh, <laughs> this summer when we were down there. Uh, the three Somebody's of us were down grudge. there we're doing a backpacking <laughs> trip. And yeah, so she she's not she's not a fan of black bears right now. But. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Well. Uh definitely do that one yeah that'd be a good hunt i was gonna say the only tip i have for mountain lions and bears is try to find them and don't let them find you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. seems like a good game plan
1: oh, yeah man well you could come out here and i could just use you as as bait oh
2: yeah perfect. there you go just gotta outrun your buddy i <laughs> would be a good choice
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, goodness yeah it was it was a dark day like down here in the valley where we live, like, um, it gets socked in with fog all winter. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. I mean, we're super fortunate because it can be rain down here and just nasty, and we just drive forty five minutes up the hill and it's just a winter wonderland no, uh, up in the mountains. It's just it. Yeah, it's. I didn't really. I couldn't grasp or comprehend that before we moved out here, but it's just like. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like yesterday, we were out cross country skiing and stuff. So so yeah, pretty lucky to have that stuff close. But yeah, the the local uh, ski area up here they they've had just like blizzard conditions up here the past two days, like twenty plus inches of snow and stuff. So oh, wow, they're getting some so good coverage. Oregon was a good move. Yeah, I mean we. Yeah, we enjoy everything about it as far as the outdoors and stuff. Like we'll go hiking and backpacking and stuff. Like we even yeah, we've done now two different overnight backpacking trips with our year and a half-year-old. So awesome. for yeah, I would say for yeah, you Schaefer, don't be afraid to get her out there because Bring when they there, grow like- up. Yeah, when they grow up and that's just like the status quo for them, like they don't they don't care they'll tag along with you when you're doing anything so yeah it's super cool it's good to know yes yeah
2: (laughs) won't be too long when she has her trunk control down a little bit more she'll be out back (sighs) shooting with me come springtime she's got the neck control down right oh yeah she's starting to like she she stands all the time and you just kind of have to like support her a little bit but
0: yeah that was Jeez. my
2: biggest fear, was like, hold the head, don't, you know. <laughs> I, was, all, I yeah. was always freaked out by that. My, my favorite thing is I'll hold her around like, her waist, so she has to control her upper body, and she'll be standing and standing, and all of a sudden, like, her her weight just shifts forward a little bit,
1: and she'll just pivot right at the waist. That's great, that's great, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so much fun.
2: <laughs> luckily i have a belly so plenty of padding when she you know reaches the bottom of the pivot
1: <sighs> oh man that's awesome yeah yeah they're fun i i love love the the uh monthly pictures with the bow that's great i wish i would have thought of that idea yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's it's weird because like she looks so much bigger but she's only like I don't know. I
2: tried to measure today, and she was only three inches taller than when she was born. But there's no way. I think she was scrunched up or something. So yeah, it'll be four months old here in a week. So
1: enjoy She's every three second. Qu- three quarters of a full length fletched,
0: huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> a Sherwood full length.
2: Yeah, she can. She can shoot Chris's arrows. So it's okay. Easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Easy. <laughs> This Ugh. is cruel. Oh man! I thought I'd, I was finally oh, making God, it
0: through an up. finally <laughs> making through an episode without getting picked on, and here we are.
2: Uh, nailed it. Oh, oh man. man, this has been great.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I hope you guys are fired up about black Tails like I am. Yeah they're <laughs> they're just fun. I don't know. It's 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 a cool cool adventure, but hopefully I can get an elk under my belt next fall. But
0: that would be well, sweet. That would be sweet. We'll
1: be here to hear the story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned it earlier. You said TradQuest, and that, that was one of my favorite podcasts because those guys yep. covered stuff that I'll never, ever do, most likely. And I love listening to them. So I don't think, I doubt they listen to this, but if they do, please start making episodes again because I kind of miss <laughs> yeah. you.
1: I really, really miss your podcast. <laughs> yeah. They, they did have some good stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, I would say, like, yeah we say we might never, ever do these things, but yeah, I would, I would say that I would have never dreamed of being able to hunt these deer and stuff. And yeah, it's different cause I moved out here, but, mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, just like never say never. We, we can all, yeah, we can all talk about it as much as we want, but like, I think, you know, just set your mind that you're going to, you know, make some of these happen every once in a while or something. And, and, pretty soon you you're gonna yeah you get to do a lot of really cool stuff for sure and I mean there's you've got awesome opportunities in Pennsylvania too like, oh yeah I mean I I think it's cool that just like you have black bears in your area like yeah. growing up in Iowa, yeah like I I thought it was the coolest thing ever the day I saw a bobcat come underneath my tree stand you know? oh yeah like, yeah just fascinating but yeah like I mean, I, yeah, from going the years going up to Denton Hill and stuff, I I definitely just love and enjoy Pennsylvania for sure as well.
2: It, Potter County is pretty amazing.
0: Oh, Potter's amazing. But, I mean, like even where I, I'm at, I'm in Wyoming County and we have Bradford, Tioga around here, and they're a lot like uh, Potter. Not as remote, but I, yeah. growing up I used to be like, oh, I just want to get out of here, I just want to get out of here. And I move away for three years, and when I come back, I appreciate <laughs> it so much. PA has so much to offer for the outdoorsman. I mean, yeah. from fishing opportunities and, and, and just, and just hunting opportunities. And like you said, we have a, we do get a decent amount of tags. I mean, and then plus bear and see all kinds of cool stuff. It's just, it's yeah. great. I mean, and, and I don't know if this is like, uh, if other people are noticing this, but like when I grew up, we didn't really have eagles around here. And if mm-hmm. I, if I go a week without seeing at least four eagles, it, it's a, it's a slow week because I see eagles wow. all the time now. It's great.
1: And, that's uh,
0: cool. Yeah, it's. I mean, you see, just all. I saw my first mink this season. I've never seen a mink before, and so it, it's just cool. That's I mean, awesome. yeah, PA's thriving as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, awesome. and the yeah that the trout
1: fishing looks awesome over, over there for sure.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like they do a lot of stocking, but we have a lot of little runs and stuff that are yeah. full of native brookies. You just got to you got to work for them, and that that's the best. I mean, I love that. That's just.
1: Yeah, PA's yeah cool, man. I, I would say I was a part-time fisherman, kind of uh, growing up in Ohio. Like, yeah, I had fun when you're reeling in a bunch of crappie or, oh, yeah. catching bass, you know, on on a pond. But like, uh, coming out here and steelhead and salmon, like it's, that's another it's world. Pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So those those coastal rivers are just like, yeah, they're unbelievable. Yeah, if you ever or vacation or something out here, like, yeah. You'll know what I'm talking about, but it's like, it it's certainly pretty neat.
0: My wife and I have been talking about Pacific Northwest for a long time. Hopefully, we make it someday. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. on the list. Sweet. Schaefer, anything Whoa. else, bud?
2: I wanted to chime in about Vermont. I just couldn't think of anything.
0: Vermont's got some <laughs> killer fly fishing. Lots of trout.
2: Plenty of Bigfoot activity i've yeah. been told
0: otter creek Baton kill no
2: that's that's practically that's way that's like three hours from me
0: otter creek's close to you if you go down to middlebury what's middlebury yeah. 45 minutes
2: for you probably i did a uh, float trip for uh pike on otter creek dude
0: middlebury's cool
2: that's that's awesome. far you gotta uh, remember 45 minutes is far in vermont
0: coldest i've ever been in my life was in middlebury Random story. I walked. Up, I, I, I had dinner at Two Brothers Tavern one night, and I, I walked from their tavern to the Middlebury Inn, and I thought I wasn't going to make it. And it was. It was not oh, far. Geez. It was not far, and I was sober. <laughs> I didn't have a reason. I was just. It was like I was underdressed, and it was cold. Oh,
1: it's priceless. Yeah. So here's my story from Vermont. The north, the northeast, cold. Oh, damp. I, I will tell you, it's real. I never would have thought it but the whole humidity thing that people talk about you know with dry heat and wet heat and then a wet cold oh yeah i now i now know that that is fact even though i made fun of people um for (laughs) saying things like that because i was like cold well cold is cold you know or or if it's hot it's just hot but yeah we drove out to
0: well we drove out to kalamazoo last year we stopped in ohio at at a rest stop and i was like it's too flat here. The wind's
2: killing me. I was just... I was freezing. Oh, my gosh. I had... A, what was it? A 60-degree swing in temperature on that trip? Yeah, something like that. I think we started out... I hit negative 23 in Vermont driving yeah. the air And by the time we were there, it was like 50 or like 40 <laughs> or something like that. We had like, some wow.
0: cold nights there, though. But it was... Yeah. What a ride. Yeah. Oh, man. Huh. Gotta, gotta love the Northeast. But...
1: Yeah. I, I saw a video uh, yesterday of somebody skiing down one of the slopes in the northeast and it the it was captioned uh, a northeast powder day and literally they're just skating down the hill across this ice and i was like that is so relatable
0: <laughs> that's pennsylvania skiing and its finest right there <laughs>
1: yeah yep ohio same exact way they're they're Downhill. making snow as fast as they can make it but it's just a sheet
0: <laughs> yeah oh gosh yeah Gotta love that. Downhill ice skating. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah, I've lost I've a few brain cells from that exact thing in college. <laughs> Snowboarding, but... Smacking
0: um, your head off the ice? That's
1: another story.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've done that once or twice. <laughs> I can tell you when you're named after somebody that didn't have a great moment skiing, you you don't ski in your life.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man, that's, uh, wow. Wow.
0: wow. Wow, good move. Yeah. Stay off the slopes. It's expensive yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's this hobby's true. bad enough. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. <sighs> oh, awesome.
1: awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. Thank
0: you so much. it it's a blast. Yeah, seriously, thanks for cutting time out of your day to hang out with us. We appreciate it. Yeah,
1: I appreciate you guys.
0: Uh, moving your regular recording schedule around absolutely and if if you need to you need to make it back to the new etar
1: i will try
0: it's a it's a bit of a a bit of a drive for you i guess that's uh it's
2: not (laughs) just a couple hour commute but i would be proud that i would not be the long furthest one away
0: yeah there you go (laughs) yeah yeah that would be fun man i'd love to see you back here
1: yeah yeah we'll have we'll someday down the road i'm sure but yep
0: Excellent. Well, again, sure. thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. that story. Absolutely. All those stories were fantastic. They we're so good to hear. So, thanks for sharing them. Good.
1: Yeah, absolutely awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. You guys have a good night.
0: All right. You thanks. Too. You too.